Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I thought I would have scored the goal for number five for Meath. Yeah, Graham Garrett, that's right. I was trying to get his name there. So he did very well. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Got to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. See all the coppers! Yeah! Okay, so welcome everybody to the Irish Examiner GA podcast. Um, joined today with uh, Brian Cuthbert and John Divoli. Um, no Anthony Daly today, so we might actually get a word in on, on Gaelic football. Uh, so I suppose, you know, to kick off, I suppose to look at look at some of the stuff that went on over the weekend. I suppose the big one for me was was that that Roscommon Mayo game. Obviously, everybody's talking about it. James Horn back in the fold. Things didn't work out the way as planned after winning the national league. You know, they were over in Times Square dancing around Marty Morris, seeing the naked cowboy, having a great time a couple of weeks ago, and now it's back to reality. I suppose above in McHale Park. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic game of football. Really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the referee um, added to it. Uh, it's the first game in a long time where uh, I thought uh, lots of physicality was let go, um, fairly so. Um, you know, a couple of rooks developed the, the, as the game went on. The, the weather deteriorated and um, slipping and sliding, and the referee allowed for that. Um, but then, you know, he, he picked up on all the little technical ones that you'd expect him to get. Uh, David Goff's an excellent referee anyways. Um, but yeah, it was real ding-dong battle and, you know, it's it's well, um, it's been well said by now. Mayo had, you know, too far too many wides in the day to deserve to win the game. But Roscommon had a plan. They stuck to it and um, they executed it really well. And you'd have to say they deserve the win on the night. For sure, yeah, Brian. Sorry, go ahead. I'd have to think, um, you know, if, if you were Anthony Cunningham, you know, you must be you must be fairly satisfied today. Like thinking, you know, he that man is extremely experienced. He's gone through the Miller with different things, and to, to present and produce a performance that they got on on Saturday night in McHale Park, which is a very difficult place to go to win games at any time of the year. But uh, if I were were he, I I'd actually be be very very satisfied. Uh, I think he's getting the most out of the group. Like to be fair, like yeah. he's like, you know, you can talk about um, smaller counties and and limited club. Setups, uh, I know they they've had you know some great clubs obviously, but at the same time for him to go in there take that job within less you know he got the job late too remember mm-hmm. um, to have them in the in the shape that they're in and, and playing the way they are, you'd have to say that uh, you know it's, it's been a very very good job of work for him so far, um, and you know I think at that level like like intercounty level, you know you're down to um, experience is is the most crucial component in terms of management and he's been there done that and to see him do it at club level and then to see him do it at, at hurling and then to transfer over to football yeah. Jesus lads it's a it's, it's a fair enough, it's, it's, it's tough enough to do one sport never mind two yeah uh, but I suppose it just shows like that he's a manager like mm. I, I don't know I don't know him but it just shows he's a manager that he can go in there and, and take this group and get them to believe in themselves um, after getting like relegating the league and, and come along and you know first game of the championship go up and now oh, obviously may have plenty of chances to win the game but uh, you know, I, th- I thought Roscommon were very crabbed. Their bench was loaded. It was those Smiths when they came on, and um, you know, another one or two subs that came on. They actually won the game from. You know, they got on more balls than anybody and uh, won the game. So I'd say fair kudos to, to Anthony Cunningham. I think he's done a super job there so far. Yeah, and you know, I, I was talking about Cox and Connor Cox, obviously, mm-hmm. and you know that, that story. I think is particularly from a Kerry perspective mm-hmm. is an interesting one mm-hmm. because. You know, he was a guy, he, he played minor level, mm-hmm. he played with under-21s, he played with UCC mm-hmm. and won a couple of Sigersons and, and was a Sigerson player of the year under Billy Morgan mm-hmm. above mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Would have been well gotten all those places for his attacking kind of prowess. Mm-hmm. Never, he just never really, you know, made the break through a carry. I suppose he was competing with guys, you know, like James O'Donoghue mm-hmm. in his prime and, you know, a Gooch maybe towards mm-hmm. the latter end. 
uh, now you know David Clifford and these guys and, and it's a tough place to get into obviously but you know looking at them on Saturday night you're saying Jesus if Kerry have, have six forwards that, that are, are better than this guy and, and can score and can win frees and can show for ball then you know you've got a you've got a, a serious division of, of attackers or attackers and I was just looking I, I just think it's an interesting thing with him gone up there obviously from where his father was and uh, and, and obviously doing so well for them again on, on Saturday night what's your, your take on that whole idea? Yeah, I mean, he was fantastic and it's it's the first time in a long time that Brendan Harrison came out on the wrong side of a duel. Yeah. Brendan Harrison is a top-class footballer, but uh, he, he couldn't get any change out of Cox at all, you know, left and right. and Like, the ball wasn't bombing down on Cox's head that he was winning, you know, real full-forward football. He was winning it out in the wings. He had a lot of work to do when he got the ball and he was very confident in his striking left, right and, and the freeze, you know. Um moving up the country I mean you know I'd be I'd love to know why wasn't he really considered with Kerry um, you know what is the real reason I know he was fighting against good players but I mean if you have a good player like that surely you'll keep him in the in the panel and, and you'll say well he might make it this year but I'll keep him for next year I mean it is happening more and more there's David Devereaux uh, from Dublin is, is playing in Wicklow um, there's a, I think there's a Moran guy that's gone down to Offaly from Kilmacud Croaks there's a couple of lads from Lucan uh, playing in Leitrim now so it is happening uh, but it's the players I think really expressing the view that I can't make it where I'm from my parents are from another county you know maybe they're putting the olive branch out and it's up to a manager then to take it in not every manager will will will, will bring it in because you know will he add to the mix how will he integrate socially with the lads that's key and Cox was was adamant you know and it was great to see that he said he's been made so welcome in the Roscommon dressing room so uh, but I, I'd love to know what really happened in Kerry yeah, just on the, just on I suppose not to personalize it really but I, I, in the greater scheme of things um, I suppose we were chatting before and then about the idea of players moving out of the bigger counties if they're not getting the game but I suppose just individualize it for one second in terms of Connor. I had seen him playing with UCC and he, he was a standout player at full forward as well with college. You know, he, he won games on his own at, at times and he, he's an ability to score from anywhere, really. Uh, beautiful scores. But I think probably one of the two things for me, one, um, you know, did he, when he was in with Kerry, did he fully believe that he was good enough to be there? And two, when you go to and, and take a, a ballsy enough move of going to somewhere like another county out of your comfort zone, um, you know, there's no going back. You have you have to actually go and make it. And, and I suppose one other thing as well. I think Roscommon obviously played the game very differently t- to Kerry, and w- you know they left him up here uh, as a three. Um, and I think it suited him. There was a huge amount of space around him. He was always showing for the ball, as you say, John. He got out in front of Brendan Harrison, which is not easy, but he was getting out in front of him all the time. Mm-hmm. If you were in Kerry the half-hour line would be a bit closer to the full forward line. That space wouldn't be there all the time. He would be asked to do a kind of a different job than what he was doing on Saturday night. And I think what he was doing on Saturday night suits him down to the ground, whereas playing as part of an inside three, you know, he's a bit yeah. individualistic, a small bit. Yeah, he, he's a, and yeah. that would have been one of the things, like he, he's probably a little bit of a maverick, like, yeah, and that yeah. would have been one of the things maybe held against him at times, that, yeah. you know, on a good day, he'll kick you 10 points. Yeah, and, and then on another day, he'll kick you 10 points. And it's those frustrating ones that he's mm. kicking from inside the 13, yeah. from the sideline, and yeah. they're fantastic when they go mm. over. But he, he just looks like a guy to me that's kind of matured a bit in, in, mm. in, in his decision-making, mm. as, you know, probably every, mm. every aspect of his life as mm. he gets older. But... Um, I, I'm just wondering, I mean, you know, I was thinking back like to, you know, like you were talking about the rule, Brian, that was amended a couple of years ago um, for, to allow guys go and play with their the county that their parents would have would have been from or whatever. And, and like you're like with the way the competition is now at championship level, even at the National League level. It's it's kind of surprising like that we don't see more of this kind of Jack Charlton idea where mm. where their you know chairman or, or somebody inside in a county board is actually actively looking at guys particularly probably in you know in Dublin you know mm. where where you've got a million and a half people and you've got maybe a team that represents thirty or forty people like is there other guys up there you know you, you made a point John about there's a, there's a few now coming out of there Devereaux and a couple but like there's surely more of these Connor Coxes around the place that like if Connor Cox didn't go to Roscommon. Mm. He was never going to play a senior championship football. He no. was he, he wasn't going to make it with Kerry at this stage. He was done, no. and like I I just think that would have been a, a travesty for himself and for mm. obviously as it turned out for for Roscommon. Now and there mm. there must be more of these guys in the county th- in the country. Sorry, 
I think I think people are a bit slow to do it. Mm. I think if you're not making it with the county where you've been probably born and yeah. play your club football with, you probably, in lots of instances, fellas don't want to do it, mm. right? But at the same time, there are obviously instances where fellas do want to do it. Mm. Um, but I still think there's a an absolute uh, connection between you and your county. Your home, yeah, your of course. Your home place. And almost in the GA, we kind of almost feel like we're a bit of a fraud if we go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, a stigma attached yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like fellas don't move club. You know, yeah. you don't move county. Yeah. It's, uh, we're so embedded, our DNA is so attached to our own place yeah. and sense of place that we don't really want to say, hey, I'm yeah. moving up there because I can't get my game here. Yeah. You want to prove the manager wrong or else for the manager to change for someone to get another goal. Yeah. Um, so I think it's something that's going to be a slow burner. Yeah. Um, but I suppose in terms of what we saw last weekend, you know, uh, you know, Connor lit up that game when he got the ball, and it would be a travesty in a way that you wouldn't see him playing at the highest level. Mm. But unfortunately, in some counties, uh, you know, the only thirty players can be picked. Yeah, I mean, I've personal experience of this. Um, I finished up playing with Galway. I was living in Kildare for seven or eight years, mm. and um, I was playing with Leixlip, Leixlip GA Club. And John Crofton came and asked me, would I play? Would I be interested? And I said, no. And he came again the following year. And, I mean, I was finished playing with Galway at that stage. Um, and I said, yeah, look, I'll give it one year, see how it goes. Was it a tough decision? Absolutely. I mean, you know, everything is telling you not to do it. Um, you're coming up against other teammates, you know, your, your friends and, and still friends, you know. So you have to think about everything. You have to weigh it up. Um, but you know it's a personal challenge um, I suppose the fact that I was living there in Kildare for, for, for 8 or 9 years I only had to just travel 20 minutes down the road to training and uh, Inda Murphy was the captain of the team he played with Leakslip so did uh, Ronan Quinn and different lads so it's 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 a certainly a challenge and I can see why Connor Cox did it and as Brian rightly said like once you're in then you give it everything and, and you try and make the best of it now I had kind of set myself my own target I'd just do it for one year I did it really really enjoyed it I was probably as fit there that I'd ever been um, but that's it then I, I went back actually finished playing with Leakslip and started traveling back down the road to finish my club in Galway and right. have done since so you know it's it's just a personal journey for each player that they can make a decision you know can I play with my home county if yes is the answer great if no is the answer you know do I do I think I'm good enough and will I put in the effort to play somewhere else um, and then if you can do it it's great because as you say Cox you know young Devereaux is a great footballer so there's lots of great footballers around the country that's you know now we can get to see mm-hmm. on a national basis and you know we can get to report on and, and tell people that yeah they are really good footballers they've played well in UCC or Jordanstown or UCD and look at them now on the national stage so you know it's, it's a big move but it, it can be a great move the thing I'd say about Cox is while he got great room the last day you can be sure Galway won't give him that room the next night so it's going to be a different dynamic now straight away sure. for us common but Anthony Cunningham will be smart and you know, it's been ding-dong battles the last two years with, with Galway Ross Common. Uh, Galway won last year, obviously, down there, but only in the last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, Ross Common had a lot of wides in that game last year, and Galway threw mainly Shane Welch's excellent, got them over the line. And the year before, Ross Common up to Pierce Stadium and Kevin McStay and the lads in the hijack Galway above there and, and deserve their win. So this is going to be a really close game. And while everyone was expecting Galway Mayo, including myself, this is going to be equally as, as fascinating, Jewel, and, and it'll be well talked up in the next two weeks. Roscommon are after Roscommon are playing very differently than they did for the last two years. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like they have gone now. Like Roscommon never played with three up front That's before. Right. They would have always played at least five up yeah, front. Yeah. I mean, Connor Devaney, their captain for, yeah. for the last few years, would have been the the, the wing forward who would have dropped back and yeah. then and set it up. Niall Kilroy was always the sweeper. He yeah. would have dropped back, but completely on Saturday night it was just two inside yeah. you know Carl Craig outside Craig the outside fantastic yeah. game by Craig yeah. and then you know they sucked Mayo in like Mayo have struggled with that as a, a lot of teams yeah. struggled with the defensive shape but you know Roscommon but that was really good coaching mm. they obviously trusted Anthony Coneyham like a lot of teams mm. that wouldn't have tried that over the years would have tried it and when, then when things started to go bad, revert to type, mm. which is, well, I'm not going to go back there working well, for I think the it ball. probably played into their hands the fact that I would say, looking at James Hornover, 
six seven years um, and I don't think he's changed that much as he, he wants that team pressing high mm-hmm. get the ball back as far up the pitch you can mm-hmm. so invariably especially on kickouts obviously they push they push and they had a bit of joy off that but in general play when you press so high and you leave three on three or three on four yeah. at the back if you look at, at the goal um, Kyle Craig's goal like Keith Higgins was on him he, he let him go because he had an extra but the extra didn't even get there you know and, no. and then it took Mayo 30 minutes before they actually were doubling up and tripling up at the back it was just it was just open season uh, and I think you know to be fair um, you know Mayo still create enough chances to win the game mm-hmm. but you know goals kill you and when you leave that space there which they did they absolutely got it the chance is always yeah. there yeah and, and I mean for Mayo now you know, they wouldn't have expected, I'm sure James Horn wouldn't have thought that they were going to be hidden to the qualifiers necessarily. Um, and I mean, you know, it's just like eight games now for them to get to an All-Ireland final and win an All-Ireland final is a massive journey. You know, I know they'll, they'll probably get through the first couple of rounds easy enough and uh, it's just going to be it's just going to be a battle for them now to, to re-energise themselves and, and get back to where they, you know, where they obviously, where we all thought they were going to be and, and maybe competing with Dublin in, the, in those latter stages. Maybe they do, but uh, it's it's just been you know made an awful lot difficult with that result and that performance, I suppose. Yeah, it has. But you see, he he, he has a squad this year. I mean, that's what he used the national league for. Um, so he has loads and loads of players there. So I don't think it's going to be uh, as big an issue as maybe people think to re-energize this group. Um, he, he like he has thirty-five players there. He's four or five seasons guys coming back in. The biggest thing I'd like to see is I thought he'd he'd play more of the younger lads again on Saturday night, but mm. he kind of went back to the. the but does he trust him, John? Like, does he trust them? Well, this is the point. Like, yeah. does he trust them? But I mean. You know, you've got to give youth a bit of a go. If, if you were the manager, like say of, of four years ago, that you're getting the All Ireland final, getting the semi final, All Ireland final, winning Connacht every year. Next thing, you go back in, right? Like obviously, I don't know what happened to me, but obviously, a lot of the players might have wanted them back in. So next, you go back in, uh, and do you say to those guys, okay, that's yeah, you're going stage right now and bring in all these under twenty ones. Now to actually bring a bit of longevity to the plan. He's obviously going to have to integrate them, and he's integrated three or four of them. But I think, and I said to Mick before the start of this, like, I think he's actually going to go back to the Colin Boyles. He's going to go back to the Donny Vaughan. Yeah, Donny Vaughan. I think he'll end up going back to yeah, them. Well, I don't. I, I don't think he should, and I, I think I think he's a better chance of of getting to the latter stages of the All Ireland if, if he starts bringing in a few more young lads. I mean, like if you look, there's not a whole lot wrong with that mm. Mayo team. Like Durkin was fantastic again the mm. other night. Keegan, you know, will come back into mm. it more. Mm. Um, Ruan and, and, and O'Shea were very good in the middle of the field. Like Dara Cohen scored five points, mm. but he takes him off. I mean, like that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Does like, he trust him? You know, so, I mean, what more does a man have to do? Like five points, okay, he missed one or two, yeah. but I mean, like... Evan Regan was taken off. He had scored yeah. three points. Okay, two of them freeze. But he takes off two guys that have contributed eight points. Their, big, their biggest problem is back here. Their well, keeper. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the, the, their keeper is, you know, it's been well documented. I mean, uh, to me, in the, in the league final, like, he, he, he was made out to be the hero. Mm. But, I mean, David Clifford, you know, whacked the ball straight at his face. I mean, it wasn't a great save. He was, he, he was in the right place at the right time. But, you know, Henley's kickouts in the second half, he was quite good. I think he only yeah. lost one mm-hmm. kickout. He just made one little lapse. And unfortunately for a keeper, if you make that one little error, it's the whole, the whole world yeah. sees it. Now, it's happened five or six goalkeepers mm. over the course mm. of this weekend. Alone. Yeah, yeah alone, yeah, like yeah, the Kildare yeah. goalkeeper as yeah, well, Mark yeah, Donnell. Yeah, he's a brilliant yeah. keeper. Just whatever he saw, it was on, it wasn't on, wasn't hesitation, and, that, and that's it. But I don't think Mayo, uh, you know, will have a problem really getting on the road here again. I fully expect him to get on it. But he's got to be brave, and mm-hmm. James Horn's around a lot longer mm-hmm. um, in this game than I am. And, I mean, he has players there. He's got young players there, and I, I'd be really surprised if they weren't um, in the last four of the competition. And, and just changing lanes, I mean, you mentioned being brave. What about you know John John Horn? The Utrecht was what came out again this morning, kind of doubling down on his on his whole plan to, you know, bring bring this idea for uh, a tiered you know two tier championship into the maybe as quick as next year. Um, you know he's setting up he's setting up a, a review committee and and their their brief is basically to come back with three proposals, 
um, that'll go before Congress and and um, and that he he really seems like he's you know he's intent on on making this happen in the in the short term as opposed to the long term and um, I don't know what you're taking is I I think it's you know and I, I don't want like we we know that the hawk of of tier championships is is you know it's it's a flood at the moment and everybody's coming out with their own kind of method of how to do it best I think there's a universal acceptance that. There needs to be a change, and, and the championship, while while the league is so attractive and, and so enjoyable for players and supporters and everybody, the championship doesn't give us that same kind of early summer buzz that, that we were getting during the league. Mm. And and I think if if there's some way that that we can modify this whole thing so that you're, you know, you're getting those competitive games between counties of of relatively equal ability where everybody has something meaningful to compete for and to play for. That you're probably going to get a little bit more out of it. I'm not sure what. What I mean, what's your take on, on the whole idea, Brian? I think I think Mike. Uh, if you go back to John Horn when when he was inaugurated as as Ukran of the of the GA, the opening speech was in around you know bringing a couple. He had a couple of ideas, and one of them was the steer championship. It seemed to go quiet for the last while. Mm. Um, I think last year the hurling was so good, everybody just just got got taken up with that. But I think um, looking at the last couple of weeks. The argument for a tier championship obviously is, is very very obvious and I'd say to be fair to John is that you know, you have three years as Uchtron you have to you know think that in those three years you, you actually do something mm. and can look back in your three years uh, uh, where there's come standout decisions taken and I think he's probably very conscious that his time is coming to mm. a close and he would be of the opinion I would say uh, from listening to him this morning that if he doesn't push this now um, maybe the next president might have a different agenda mm-hmm. So for me personally, I, d- I do believe there's a need for a tier championship. How we go about it, I'm looking forward to seeing what proposals come here. But um, certainly, I think, you know, I think in the past it may have been blocked by by players even saying, "I want to play in the the, the number mm-hmm. one championship. I don't want to be playing in the B championship." Um, but he said, um, "But I, I, I think I think I think the, the crucial thing is these three proposals need to come very quickly, and I think they need to be ready for hopefully, uh, you know, by the end of the year." And uh, I think players at this stage, you know, that they actually love playing the league. They love playing league games where you're playing against opposition that you can compete against. And uh, the only difficulty I have with a tier championship if it was formulated on league now would mean Cork would be in Division Three, so mm. that wouldn't be good. <laughs> but you know, before you could, like the reticence, I like there seems to be like between some managers and 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 you you get this in 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 those weaker counties. This idea that no, we don't want to, we don't want a tier championship. We want our crack at at, at Sam Maguire, and we mm. want to be in the same championship as everybody else. Mm. Um, and I, it just it, it it baffles me how how you can want to prepare a team to go into a game like like Louth against Dublin and 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 just get butchered and 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 what value are you getting out of that? Are the players, are the supporters, are the kids watching? There's no value in it whatsoever. No, if you can come up with a system that. You know that you can, you know, qualify out of your 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 thing and qualify for the for the for the senior championship. Great, and and there should be mechanisms for teams to go up and down or whatever to make it, you know, really competitive all the way to the end. But I don't understand the reticence and the resistance from some people in in those tiers or in those teams that would be would be the guys competing in the in the lower division mm. to not want to have a competition that you can actually have a chance of of competing in and winning. You know. Yeah, and hopefully. That decision, you know, will will be taken out of their hands because this is the this is the opportunity now. Like the time has come for change, and you know, once everything is on the table, which the president says it is this morning, with secondary schools, third levels, clubs, everything, you know, every stakeholder will be represented. Will it be a perfect solution? No, but we've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the qualifiers came back in in two thousand and one, you know, there, there was a little bit of. Um, resistance as well at the time but they proved to be a success for a long time they petered out a little bit the last mm. few years but it's time again for it, for a change and everyone is afraid of change of course but we, we've got to start somewhere and hopefully by 2020 there will be a new format in place yeah, um, I mean every team goes in cycles as well so while Dublin are, Dublin are dominant now I mean that won't last forever there's always going to be six or seven you know football teams that'll always have a shot at winning Sam Maguire. The same as Hurland, there'll be six or seven that always have a shot at winning the Lee, Lee McCarthy. But then 
you know, if you're good enough and if, if the underage structures are good, every few years, you know, a team will come, like Tipperary, the last few years of football. They were competing very yeah. strongly for the last four or five years. They were afraid of no one in Munster. And if they got into the, 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 the qualifiers, they gave it a real, real rattle. Um, and, I mean, there's other teams out there. So if there's a two-tier system, for example, you know, if you win your second-tier system, you know, you're going to get up, you're going to get your chance. Okay. And if you're good enough, you're good enough. And if you're not, you can come back down again. And that's the way it has to be. Um, I, I'm firmly, I believe, you know, I'm a firm believer in the provincial championships because, you know, you take Dublin out of, of, of just leave Dublin aside. Every other game around the country is fairly, most teams believe they can beat each other. Mm. Okay, Antrim and Tyrone, a little bit different as well. Mm. But like you take Fermanagh even yesterday. Yeah. Fermanagh are such a small county, so much as a really small pick of players. And I know Joe Brodie was giving out about them last night, but what's Rory Gallagher to do? He's, he, he can't send his team out to play expansive football if he doesn't think they have the necessary skills to do it. So he's got to do what he's got to do. Like, they could have won that game yesterday. Even though Donegal were probably and were a better team in the end, there was a couple of chances there where Fermanagh could have sneaked it, like the Bet Monaghan last year. So, I mean, there is, it's very, you know, there is a lot of even teams around the country. And I just hope that, you know, they won't get it 100% right. But give them a chance to, to really come up with a couple of systems. Let's try one for a couple of years and, and, and just get it going. And one of the things that, you know, when I, I've talked about that reticence or resistance, that it, a lot of it is, seems to, you know, I've heard Turlock O'Brien talk about um, the lack of coverage that they'd received, that they'd already received now on, mm. on you know, mm. different media outlets, Sunday game and different things in particular. Um like I, I just can't understand how that could be held as a as a as an actual reason. I don't think you know. I, I couldn't be a reason. Like, just for example, last night Sunday game, um, Longford and Kildare, massive game. I'd say it was on for three minutes, right? Um, so regardless of of what level of competition they're in, certain counties are going to get certain coverage, right? So even if they're in tier two or tier three, you still might only get three minutes on the game. At the moment, they're in level one, and they still get three minutes on the game. So yeah. if that does that argument doesn't wash with me at yeah. all. I it is one. It is one that's peddled though. When when this thing is is said that you know, like you look at the Joe McDonough Cup now, yeah. and look at Kerry's victory yeah, at the weekend, yeah. which was a massive win, yeah. didn't feature in anywhere, you know, on the Sunday game or anything like that. But you know, I, I just don't understand that this could be a, an actual viable reason that this is something that would hold no, up like this whole the process. Level, you know, top level is always, in any sport is always the one that's going to get yeah. most media attention. That's what people are most interested in. But I think, to be fair, I, I think if if I was a player. Or if you're a manager, you'd like to be going out thinking you have a shot at something. Mm. Like I've been going out as the loud manager against Dublin on Saturday. What are you, what are you thinking? How, yeah. What am I going to do here? Yeah. How, what's the score going to be? Um, no, you could try what 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 for man to do, but still against the likes of Dublin, will have no effect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like Dublin are just a, it, it really is just a, a different um, animal at the moment, and it, it is a joy to be around to, to see them playing at the moment. That's just my personal feelings on it. Like they won't be around forever, and you know, you know they'll still, you know, it's 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 not a gimme that Dublin are going to win the All Ireland this year. They have to play and 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 play really really well to 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 beat whatever is in front of them. But that's up to as it's been forever for every other county to get up to that level and beat them but you're on about coverage I mean I mean not everyone can go to the games unfortunately mm-hmm. or you know the radio is there, there there is media coverage but maybe there's a huge opportunity for the GEA when they're given out the, the the television rights over the next few years that they might Streaming. say you know well look yeah. you know Tina G you get this Sky you get this mm-hmm. RT you get this TV3 version whatever it is so or streaming or streaming, streaming, streaming the there you go like Brian you can't you, you understand yeah, but yeah. Why, I can't understand how that's not already available that you can go and watch whatever whatever county you're from mm-hmm. you want to watch that game it should be streamed you know, like so club games like have been streamed Fitzgibbon and Sigurdsson were streamed everything is streamed yeah. like yeah. It's, it's the way it is now to be fair to John Horn also mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you know, he, he was the next he, was, he was giving out yeah. nearly about Sky Sports yeah. and, 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 and RT that yeah. you know that their bottom line is all about numbers. But I yeah. mean look at yeah. like they're a media entity who care about numbers because that's what brings you the revenue. But I, I like he was intimating that they may even be a little bit more specific in the deal, saying that these certain early yeah. games well, have stop, to be what covered. What stops you having G A T V where you pay twenty quid a year and and you can watch all these games any game you want to, that that are not just say on the T V. Yeah. Just say if they go for pay for view the yeah. next time round, the Sky games aren't streamed, say, right? So what? Um, yeah. you, you've all your other games 
for free if you wanted or, or there'd be protesters now outside your house because of that because you want people to pay to have to watch Gaelic games no I'm saying that's the current situation like so what that's where we're finding ourselves yeah I much prefer if all the games were free to air obviously Absolutely, I do yeah. 100% agree with free to air but I'm saying where we are currently now you can't be crying over spilt milk no. now the decision was taken six seven years ago yeah um and, and like you pay 20 euros and have all the have all the games available to stream if you if, if you want to do that download and watch them yeah i think they're doing another sport so yeah absolutely it's a great idea it's brilliant because you know we're all ga people and yeah. while you might pick a game to go to over the weekend and watch yeah. you know you're really interested to see well what happened in that other game and you know I know certain guys yeah. in another county. I want. I want to see how Westmead yeah. did yeah, against yeah. Leash, or yeah. I want to see how Galway did against Wexford in the hurling because I was in Crow yeah. Park. I couldn't get there, and I mean, it's all there now. It can or, all or be even stored. John, if you're involved in one of the teams, you can accessing um, archives from other teams mm. is quite difficult. Mm. You have to have a contact in RT or yeah. TG Car or Nemeton or whatever. I'm sure now when you were the manager of Cork, you had contacts flying around <laughs> looking at games I didn't look at enough games obviously <laughs> <laughs> come here just you know it's interesting you, you mentioned Rory Gallagher there and, yeah. and Fermanagh and them kind of maxing out with the bodies they have and then the contrast that with, with Louth and, mm. and the hammering that they like you obviously fall on the side of you do whatever you have to do to make your team as competitive as you can even if that means we're going to play 15 bodies inside the 45 for you know a lot of the game well, defensively, obviously, like my philosophy is to, is to go and play football and and you know make every player believe that they're good enough to 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 play against whatever opposition they're playing and that that if I'm marking you on a particular day that I'm I'm good enough for you regardless of who you are no matter how big of a name you are or what county you're from and I mean that comes back to coaching then mm-hmm. you know and I mean the more positive you are in, in coaching and um, the more skills and and game situations you do over time then players will believe that they can handle Anthony on a particular day. Is that what Rory Gallagher is doing then with with maybe imposing that kind of a a system on guys? I I think so. Um, um, Like Rory has always had I suppose that bit of a philosophy where defence is first and then then we go on the attack. Um, I mean we've seen that obviously very very well with Johnny Gall. I mean, Rory was a big cog in Jim McGuinness's wheel that time, and um, you know they, they they got the balance right in the end between sure. defensive and attack. Um, now he's back with you know he's with Fermanagh, and he he just doesn't have the same amount of quality players. And if a couple of guys get injured, he's struggling. You know, um, the one difference, well, though, John, though, I only saw the game last night now, but. Um, the one big difference is when they do get the ball back in Fermanagh when they're transitioning, they have nothing ahead of the ball. Mm. Like at least with Donny, yeah, uh, at least with Donegal, they might have had one or two or three maximum ahead of the ball. Mm. Whereas with Fermanagh, everybody's back, and when you get the ball back, especially if you get the ball back high up the field, just say on, near to the halfway line, you know, there's nothing ahead where you can actually. Oh, move I, the I ball agree forward. with you. I mean, like to me, you need at least four players up front at all times. Yeah. At least four, whether yeah. it's two inside and two outside, or, or you know, three three and a half hour line and one inside. You, you need you need bodies up there. But maybe Rory just hasn't had enough time with them yet, and mm. maybe he's still trying to find new players. But you know, look, he's he's to me he's doing the best he can and uh, even like even loud at the weekend I mean yeah they, they, they got a good pacing but they kept going like they, mm. they never once mm. threw the towel in I mean I, I was just really mm. uh, the admiration I had for the, the loud goalkeeper I mean he kept you know how many goalkeepers would have just tried to bomb it out the field just to get it as, as far away from as possible after picking the ball out of the net or, or the umpire waving the white flag. He kept looking for a loud player every time. They kept trying to play. It just broke down, you know, because Dublin are so good um, in that middle third area. That's where they tried to tackle you. Whereas other teams, Fermanagh, Galway, maybe Roscommon, might let you all the way inside to the 45-metre line, then strip you and go on the attack. Dublin tried to do it a little bit further out and... Loud just lost the ball in the tackle at a few times. They got in. They just they had a couple of great scoring goal scoring chances. They just didn't get it. And obviously Dublin weren't going to miss the other end. So um, you know, again, Loud would have like there was there's no shame in Loud today. Like I, I you know I read a few things where, you know how can Loud you know 
be happy with that performance but I mean they try their best I mean that's all you can ask any team you're involved with is to absolutely try their best and that's what they did that's what Westmead and Leash did at the weekend that's what Kildare and, and Longford did like that was a super game and I agree with you like it would have been nice to see at least you know all the score even mm. if even if the Sunday game or Sky or someone could show all the scores mm. they just pick and choose and you just you can't get a flow of what's or really feel, happened or, or that feel for the game yeah you, know? you, can't you just can't you know unfortunately but like you, you mentioned three minutes of highlights but it's three minutes of highlights and 15 minutes of talking about those three minutes of highlights you know <laughs> it, it'd be great if the whole thing was reversed a little bit and, and go with your 15 minutes of highlights well, you're not happy with the, you're not happy with the commentary that's, no that's, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for we'll leave that for the following week yeah I'd love uh, to see Joe Riley on the crossfair with all the acrobats uh, and devils Jesus, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he was. He's a character. Good, he was in good form. He's like, a character. Yeah, it was just, but I, it's just, I, I, the whole idea of of punditry is just, I don't know, it's, it's, it doesn't sit well with me when the whole thing is about the person that's talking about the players that that played the game, the guys that have been training from January, but all the focus is on me because I'm critiquing what you did, and I, I just, I, I just think that idea is 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 completely wrong and and like I don't like if guys are talking about a game and you're you know trying to pick things out and you're you can you you can if you want to you know condemn a guy or say something is wrong say it's wrong but I just I hate the theater surrounding you know that whole model of I want to focus on me and I and I'm going to do it on the back of of volunteers and, and amateur guys who are getting you know 100 sessions a year maybe more you know working as hard as they can to do as well as they can and I, it just doesn't sit well with me when, when that's the model that seems to be most prevalent now in, in punditry or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, hopefully, like if tier, if two competitions do come into the GA, then every player is going to get more coverage and more PR. And, you know, the likes of Carlo then maybe won't feel as aggrieved, you know, that they're not getting the same recognition. Their players are not getting the same recognition as as, as Dublin, Kerry, Tyrone, Mayo, yeah. Galway, whatever, you know. And, and plus the fact, that I suppose, teams wouldn't have to revert 99% of the time to defensive systems because they'd be playing against teams where they can go and win games. And then the likes of Joe wouldn't have to go on television and say, you know, this is terrible yeah. to watch, or, or Pat Spillane's call it puke football, whatever. Yeah. They'd be able to comment uh, around good play, attacking play, expensive play play we all want to see we all want to see the skills of the game we all want to see guys turning a man and scoring in space like Conor Cox at the last that we loved getting a ball on the wing taking a dummy solo take it in and curl it over from 40 yards out you can't do that when there's 13 or 14 guys behind the ball uh, and I suppose um, you know when that day happens when there's level playing field as much as possible then people will be able to commentate on quality action yeah. That'll be a good day to get to. Uh, I suppose we're we're. I I just head down there about um, you know you mentioned coaching earlier. Just just Conor Coonahan's appointment um, in Cork, Brian, and, and that whole project obviously with the with the the underage that you were involved in, mm. and it's you you're you're still. I so are you you're still involved no, in it? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. So no. It's, you're you're out. You're out. So it's just no, that was a committee. Like yeah. very quickly, uh, Conor Graham, Kenty, and myself were appointed and um, that that committee's work is is done in terms of presenting a, a report to the county board. It's now the county board have to actually actually enact what was what was within that report. The first part of it was Connor's appointment. So that's thanks to God taken place uh, two weeks ago. And um, I suppose that the next thing that happens after this is uh, the next appointment will be a high performance manager, which I remember you claiming a long time ago something that Cork needed. And I think it is something Cork usually need. Um, so that's where that process is in terms of Graham County, myself and Connor, and the committee. Our job is done. done there, yeah. Okay. Will and it be sorry? Will it be a Kerry man that'll be appointed as the high performance coach? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can categorically state no. I thought your involvement was finished yeah. in a no, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, my involvement is finished, but I don't think we'll be appointed a Kerry man. Yeah, but it, it just. Like for, again, from the outside, like and, and like I know Kevin O'Donovan is is yeah. a is a really you know he's a he's a good guy, clever clever guy. Like and this whole project looks, you know, looks like it's going the right way. And, and Connor obviously would have a Connor would have a, a great kind of backing from from most angles yeah. in Cork, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I think like when you look at the the spec of that job, you're looking at somebody who who would have respect of the stakeholders in the county. And yeah. Connor is you know along with Billy Morgan would, would be the two guys who you could see. Hang on a second. Uh, they're the guys who can 
pull people with them. Mm. Um, and then I suppose is he he's played with Cork all his life. He's managed Cork, uh, you know, along with Billy again being the most successful manager we've had. And then on top of that, in terms of he, his professional background, he was um, you know the CEO of a, lar- a very large organisation. Mm. So a lot of those skills are transferable into what he's doing now. It's more or less um, a director of football as such. Uh, the role is project coordinator you can call it whatever you want to but it's to bring people with them to get us going off the ground again get the best people he possibly can involved in our development squads get the best people he possibly can involved with or in the county teams um, and making sure that those parts of the plan uh, that he has responsibility for are going to be enacted as quickly as possible Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a brilliant move by Cork and it's a very brave and you know th- they're not burying their head in their sand anymore you know they're just saying look we have a problem we need to address it let's get the best people in Cork football mm. involved and, and, and let's make a start and I, I think it is a really positive yeah, move that so other counties maybe you know might learn from but one of the big things is, is having the capacity for the appointments like I think a lot of counties may not have the capacity for appointments I know a lot of counties are, are appointing strength and condition coaches full time that's all fine but that's geared really towards the senior team mm. and drip down then after that what this is is actually it's from a bottom up. Now, obviously, the the project coordinator is is a bottom up, top down approach. The high performance manager is a top down to the bottom up. But then there were other things in the plan as well, um, involving youth games, and I think they are obviously very much bottom up. Um, but I think you know for us to get to where we need to go, there's a massive job of work in the next three or four or five years of of getting this plan up and uh, off the ground and get it running. But you know, there's nobody in Cork thinking for one second that we are in a good place to be honest um, you know the last last couple of years our, our results speak for themselves at all levels we're not even competing at schools level anymore Kerry or you know the four or five schools in Kerry are wiping the floor with us that's feeding into their under 17 squad obviously we're again we're, we got a, our eyes opened again we thought we had a good uh, minor team we possibly do have a good minor team but unfortunately they, they didn't perform to their best the night we played Kerry and, and Kerry just came out in the second half and blew us away um, but that's been happening a bit of the last couple of years um, and you know we were kind of stemming the flow of small but at under 21 level uh, w- with good teams and good victories but we weren't transferring them I have all my own hand up here we weren't trans- transferring that type of victories and talent and successes at adult level and uh, I think it, it, this plan gives everybody a chance to, to look at the whole uh, football spectrum in the whole county from structures at club level schools level uh, right up to your senior team and it just gives us a, a bit of a kick in the arse and says, hang on a second, lads, we need to start going here. Like We need to start actually utilising what we have uh, and, and, and getting going. And, and like the thing with plans, <clears throat> you know, and, and you can have all the plans in the world, plans are, are only you know, going to work if you have good people involved yeah. in, and running. And obviously time, Connor's yeah. appointment is, is you know, a crucial part of that. You know, it's, the key, it's the key appointment, and that's why it was obviously the first appointment, is you need the, a person who's going to drive the project. And if you take any project, if you don't have somebody who's going to drive it that people look at and, and they don't respect, then you have a problem. Um, but I think when people look at Connor, to be fair, you know he's very much respected, both inside and outside the county. And I think he's the guy who's going to drive this project. Well, he's responsibility for now, so he has to yeah. drive it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he's no choice. <laughs> but better. like you, you know, the seventeens. You mentioned the seventeens. I was I was actually blown in Ostag Park watching. Uh, I was carrying Claire played in the seventeen mm. uh, competition last week. Mm. Um, it just struck me like the difference between the 17s and the 18s now is it's it's massive, really, isn't Huge. it? Mike, if, if, if you think about it, just say Kerry won four or five minors there in a row, right? Three or four of them were under 18, mm-hmm. where they could, went to Crow Park, you play in the all Ireland final, before the senior final. It struck me, and I'm not the first guy to say this, like, but when Kerry won the under 17 this year, and I see them going back to Tralee and they have the blue suits on, mm. some of those guys, actually Jason Charles said this in one of the committee meetings that we were in Dublin, he was the Dublin minor manager last year. And he, starting the championship, had boys who were still 15 mm. years of age. Mm. Kerry, probably the same. Yeah, Boys two. who were 15 years of age playing. Now, that's f- okay. But then you put them into Crow Park in the Leinster final. There's yeah. 70,000 there. Then they get to the All-Ireland final, right? And then, no disrespect, but if you win an All-Ireland under 17 and you have the full gear on, you know, it's a bit... Yeah, you know, you've the suit on, you've the waistcoat on. You're going back to Tralee as an All Ireland champion. Yeah, there's a lot to take there when you're there's, 15 or 16, and yeah. there is a big difference between a fellow 16 and 18. You know, and I think for me personally, and I suppose I've been involved a bit in the, in, in the development squad review committee. One of the biggest things we need to do is is make this competition the first All Ireland should be under 19. End mm-hmm. of under 19, first All Ireland. 
that's where you're really going after it. Everything up to under 17 developmental. Yeah. Your next one is under 19. That's that's where you're getting your county ready to say, I'm under 19, we're going after an All-Ireland. Up to that, you know, you can have Celtic Challenge type competitions mm. where you, counties, the bigger counties could have three or four teams in it. It doesn't matter. But under 19, your first one. Then go to university where you can spend three or four years trying to break through into your inter-county setup. By the time you leave college, which most players are now in third level, now you're ready to, to break onto a senior inter-county squad. Before that, you're too young. Yeah, I and do you know what? It, like I was talking to a father, one of the players last week, and uh, he was te- one of the one of the Kerry players. Mm. And he, he was telling me that his his young lad after the Cork game was was um, you know involved in one of these social media polls mm. uh, for being player of the week or performance of the week or mm. whatever it was. Um, and he just noticed a big change in the, in, in the kid like for the week that he, you know he kind of went quiet went inside himself didn't know he, he dad mm. didn't know what was going on and eventually he found like he got a, he got a message saying don't forget to vote for so and so for player of the week and stuff and this kid is 16 years of age inside in school and mm. uh, I just thought I, I, I just I, I was very uncomfortable with it I thought it's it's an awful it's an awful kind of pressure to be putting on kids of, of that age to have to deal with not only the football side mm. of it and and, and mm. the you know the supporters and having to perform and now now I come home and I'm 16 I got I got a, I got a Twitter poll like racing how good yeah. I am and because I don't finish top of the poll now now it's affecting me and how I perform in the next yeah. game and yeah. it's a really I I just think it's a really uncomfortable place you, you for those that, kids you, you have that and you have that element of pressure but you also the other part which is people don't really fully realize I think is that's their self-identity mm-hmm. so at the moment young people their self-identity is usually attached to their phone right yeah. or to the tablet or whatever they're using so if my self-identity is is really is, is stuck with the GA which any inter-county player you know it Absolutely, is yeah. right and if people are going to challenge my self-identity in terms of am I the best player am I middle of the road am I the worst player if they challenge that that has unbelievable consequences for any child right and they're still only children like they're only 16 15 yeah. years of age so I think we need to be careful of the approach we're taking. That's why these under-17 competitions need to be developmental. They don't need to be the big uh, piece in the paper. They don't need to be the big piece in social media. At 19, I can I can handle that a bit better. Mm. At 17, I can't. At 16, 15, I certainly can't. Mm. If people are going to make decisions about me as a player, but uh, you know, ultimately as a person, because my identity is so wrapped up mm-hmm. in, my, in, in my person in terms of my playing, um, if that makes sense, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's wrong. I really do. I think, I think the J are going to have to. I think they're very close to doing it. It's going to have to say, "Hang on a second, under seventeen developmental, under nineteen All Ireland, and then after that, make a decision." Our next one up is under twenty one. I don't know what you think, John. Yeah, well, maybe with the this new committee coming on board, that can all be looked at as well, and mm. you know, do exactly what you're saying. Mm. The first major competition is under nineteen because. Mm. Um, I certainly think there's too much pressure on under 17s now. You know, okay, they're not doing their leaving cert, a lot of them, mm. but they're doing the junior cert. Mm. And then you're under 20s, the majority of them are doing the leaving cert. Mm. So, I mean, it's just flipped. So, mm. I, I think now that everything is back on the table with this new committee, mm. there's a chance to review all that side of things mm. as well and be mm. brave mm. and have a go, you know, and really look at it. But try and get it right. Try and get it right. Do you know what I mean? If we have all this commitment to the GA, all these people who want to give up their time for nothing, all volunteers, we surely can get to the stage where we can get this right. You know, we know the things that are wrong. Let's get it right. Let's let's focus on on the players and say, you know, seventeen we know has to be developmental. Nineteen can be a competition. The next one up could be twenty-one. All right, and then tie that with third level. Give third level a proper chance of of having their players and having a proper competition, and then. Uh, you, you have your national league and you have, you have your championship and, and tear that whatever way you want but there's huge opportunity there and I th- I'm, I'm delighted to see John Horn coming out this morning and saying there is need for change there is necessity for to get this right and I think he's anxious to get that done before his time is up and I said it earlier on I think he's very anxious to get this started but you'd, I, you'd hope that, that that approach isn't going to be just the whole idea of a, a, a tier 1 senior championship tier 2 like this this, and, and he has mentioned it about the schools and everything mm. but it, it does need to be a really kind of holistic look at this whole thing and how can we how Big can time. we improve this structure from, from this idea of 17s all the way up because I just I I really it's not something I think that that's healthy for 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 these kids to have that kind of pressure and like you're talking yeah. about the way it affects their own but self identity. Yeah, I I think I think but the biggest thing is, is to to move the club from the periphery into the central, 
So the club has to has to if the GAs remain true to its values, the club has to remain as a central component. So to get the club back to there is going to be difficult, but you can do it if you align the competition properly. For example, if you have an under seventeen developmental competition, that surely will mean that the minor manager at under seventeen won't be extracting players from clubs mm. for the whole year and mm. give them back at some stage. Yeah. Which is happening now. Like I've seen guys not play with their club at minor uh, even in championship, mm. you know, which is absolutely ridiculous. But that's what's happened uh, around the country. Um, so if you take the emphasis off that level of competition at up to 17 anyway, then you can realign the club and get the club as your central component and then build on that in terms of schools, universities, uh, third level colleges. And then ultimately over here you have your elite game. But only 1% of the players go into that bracket. Mm. 99% of people are back here. Um, but I think, you know, reorganising this will do a good job in terms of that self-identity and that pressure we speak about. I reckon we should nominate him for committee. <laughs> we'll go along with no, Victoria. No, no more. No Maybe more. Second, will you second that? I'll, I'll second I'll propose that. Him, yeah. And I'll propose you for the new Cork coaching no. job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, thanks. We'll take him. We'll take him. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I suppose, you know... The coaching, the coaching side of it, like you're, we're all like, I'm, I'm stuck with my own club side. Are you, are you, are you coaching with a club at the moment? Coaching, yeah, I'm, I'm helping um, with the Galway under twenties. Oh yeah, yourself and, and yeah, and Parag is the manager. Parag yeah. is the boss, and, um, and just in terms of the coaching, like you know, obviously Brian, you've been, you've been stuck in it for for a long number of years. I was only just thinking today, coming up in the car, you know, about about. Like like you mentioned uh, Anthony Cunningham, mm. um, and I just thought it was a really kind of powerful thing that a guy can go from hurling to Gaelic football, and and it just shows for me it highlights kind of the role of a manager or coach or whatever it is is so kind of linked to the people side of it as opposed to the game mm. side of it, um, and like how how you can go from being a success in one in one code and and switch over and still get so you know so much of a product from from the guys in a different game and I, I just think it's a really powerful message for coaches like that the whole emphasis of your of your coaching journey is about interacting with people and getting the most out of people as opposed to scores mm. systems mm. wins losses and uh, I think we're slow in coaching to kind of get that across, get that message across to people on the ground and, and to, to get them to really take it on board yeah I agree with you um, but Anthony like is vastly experienced I mean uh, as well as being uh, a highly decorated hurler and, and winning all Ireland's with Galway in in the eighties, I mean, um, he's brought his club. Like you know, he, he coached in Bridget's for a good few years, and then went on to Gary Castle, like and had huge success there. And now he's back, so he he's a very very good coach as well as a manager, and um, he understands. I think you know he's learned to understand people and what makes what makes players tick, and how can I get how can I make um, training enjoyable so they want to keep coming back and then I can get them to perform at the highest level on, on the day when is that's what it's all about obviously yeah. championship you know mm. and, and he's done that and you know he's had many different systems if you want I mean uh, Gary Castle played a different way than Roscommon played the Galway Hurlers played a different way than mm. the Roscommon footballers mm-hmm. but again he's intelligent enough not to say it's you know one size fits all you know he sees what what he has in front of him which is the players you know he makes a plan with the players I mean Kyle Craig came out and he said yesterday or at the weekend that um, you know the edge you know he's, he's brought that little bit of more resilience and edge to us and you know any successful team needs that you know and uh, it's, it's a great point Mike because uh, I think you know as coaches of the game you know, we have to evolve uh, every day we go out and we have to learn every day. We just can't. I know certainly I go to training with a plan in my head and, you know, you'd have that plan and you'd be maybe halfway through it and then you'd see something that needs a little bit of tweaking and you've got to be able to stop right there and change it mm-hmm. rather than wait till the next day to change it because the session could go downhill, you know, if you don't change it there and then, you know you want your system to work that night but if the players aren't buying into it or they're not able to buy into it yeah. like you've got to modify it straight away if you don't I think you've lost you know you've you've lost a training session and we don't have enough training sessions sorry I, I, that's wrong we have a lot of training sessions but like game conditioned based games training sessions um, we don't get that many because I know certainly in Galway like with the under 20s I know you say Brian the, the counties have a big hold over underage players. I mean, 
all all the under twenties in Galway, they all play club. They've all played their club league games, about mm. six or seven up to now. They played championship last weekend. We're playing Roscommon on the third of July and less than ten days before that the, the guys are playing club championship. Mm. Um which is they're not supposed to. That's supposed to be a rule. You're supposed mm. to have them maybe thirteen days beforehand or something. But you know, club is f- f- you know, front and foremost for us. Mm. Now Kevin McStay I heard at the weekend saying, you know, he he put April as club month only, mm. whereas maybe Galway Mayo weren't, and he mm. felt then like you know foolish, uh, and I can agree with them. Um, but that's I suppose because it's not set in stone by no, the GEA. Yeah, no. So I mean, that just because we're doing that in Galway under twenties doesn't mean that Mayo and Roscommon mm. are doing it. It doesn't mean that we're right or we're being you know high and mighty releasing them all mm. with the clubs. We just feel that. You know, if they're playing well with their clubs, they should come back in playing well yeah, for us, yeah. and and that's just the approach we'll take. It doesn't mean we're going to win the All Ireland in twenty this year going that way, um, but it's just we feel that is right for mm. the development mm. because mm. they are only eighteen, nineteen, mm. twenty year olds. We feel, you know, that if we can get one or two guys out of this crop to, to push yeah. forward, Kevin Welch in the next year and the following year another one or two. That's the philosophy. Mm that you have to take mm. no not everyone agrees with that and that's fine that's the right yeah I suppose just, just on the coaching part of it um, I think for a long time all of us a lot of, a lot of coaches barred the very very good coaches I think um, a lot of us were obsessed with X's and O's I call them you know I, I've heard loads of guys going around the place looking for drills what games can I play give me more drills there was books published, no, no disrespect, back in the day about drills. I think we've moved away from that. And I think now coaching has become a much more um, holistic uh, process whereby the best coaches will get the best out of people by being the best for those people and understanding them and you know communicating with them. Um, and probably you know even all of us in the room, your, our own coaching journeys, you like to think that you were in point A and you might be in point C now, but you want to get to point, mm-hmm. uh, you know, D, E, F, wherever. And you look back and you say, you know, the many, many mistakes that you've made, I won't do those again. But one of the biggest uh, pluses, you, I think, now for me is that you could ever do is, the, is take more interest in people that you're working with uh, and not be overly inclined to be thinking about, you know, games and drills. The sessions will take care of themselves, but the players need people to take care of them. And um, certainly at inter-county elite senior level, I, I, I think the amount of pressure on people at that level is frightening. And they're, they're judged nationally by performance day after day after day. And if, if you can't have a, you know, an environment and a philosophy as, as, as the manager or the coach that's going to mind these people and, and really, really look after them and really, really you know, nourish them in, in the best way from a football and a personal perspective, then you're in pr- under pressure and that's something you know even m- me myself I, I would say is something that, that, that nearly every coach needs to get better at um, and you look at the very very top guys in any sport and that's what they're good at um, you know that's what they're good at they're good at dealing with people and they're good at mining people they're good at protecting people and making sure that people are okay um, and then that's in any walk of life good good school principals good CEOs good yeah. managers that's what they do Um and I think the J. To if I made a point on this, is that the J. Need to, we need to uh, make need, need to change our coach education structures. Mm. We need to actually say, if you're working at this level at under seventeen inter county or under twenty inter county or senior inter county, you're exposed to a different level of education. Mm. If you're working at club level, you get a certain level of education. But that the coach education, to be fair, it's tried to move, but I think it's been slow. It needs to be more holistic. It needs to be more based around dealing with either very small people or dealing with big people and how you can actually build environments around them where they feel safe and secure and where they feel that there's opportunity to reach their potential and I think that's very very important yeah and, and particularly at club level you 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 know you're talking about x's and o's yeah. like that that is that is club coaching like it's mm. everything is about you know drills like I mean five mm. years ago mm. every every guy that you'd meet in the street uh, in, in a coaching Looking for context is like, yeah. like oh, have you got any good drills or mm. like, a, like a magic drill is going mm. to turn our team into, mm. into, into world beaters mm. or whatever it is and now that's probably started to shift towards have you a good game or is, is there mm. a different kind of condition game I can do with my guys to yeah. work out stuff um, but still a million miles away from where we need to be that's yeah that's my point I, yeah. I think the coach education and everything is 
is functional and, and it gets volunteers over the line but that that kind of you know the, the stuff that anti cunningham stuff yeah. and, the, and, the, and what we're talking about is yeah. it's just a, it's it's the next kind of level i think of where where the ga needs to start to push but if you, if you take you just take it for example sorry you know, if you just take billy morgan inside new cc right mm. i don't think billy's going to ask anyone for a drill or a game all right I, I i actually think you know i'm not saying he wouldn't be modern he would be very modern yes extremely modern but I don't think he, he's insecure that he's going around wondering, can I get a better drill than the yeah. stuff that I do myself, yeah. right? But if you ask his players, what is it he brings to the party? They'll talk about passion. They'll yeah. talk about interest. They'll talk about, you know, knowing me. They'll talk about looking after me. They'll talk about building a spirit within the group. They'll talk about values. They'll talk about... And I think we have to get ourselves... There's not going to be a thousand Billy Morgans in the gym, yeah. but we're going to have to get ourselves to the stage where they're the kind of things that we have to get our coaches interested in yeah and expose them to to that level of 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 importance of these these attributes rather than the x's and o's mm. i don't know what you think now john in terms yeah, of yeah no i agree like i mean is that a bit is that a bit airy fairy john or, well, or is that real world stuff no well i mean it's 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 real stuff because that's what's happening now and um you have to Training sessions, you know, have to be so enjoyable. The players want to come back the next day, yeah. like, and and that's the bottom line. I mean, you're you're not just competing with other sports mm-hmm. now; you're competing with young players, um, male and female. You know, with just maybe not the same interest. It wasn't when we were growing up; it was the be all and end all. That's all you did. You had a ball in your hand from when you got up in the morning until you you went to bed at night. You brought it to school, which you, you just you just did everything. You brought the I brought the cows home, you know, with the ball. Like that's that's what you did. Uh, now, with as you said, Brian, the phone is just stuck with every player. Mm. Look, it's stuck with me. I, I need mm. it for work. I mean, everyone carries their phone with them, and you're looking at it, you know, mm. regularly. So you you've got to develop that that kind of nice place that when when ga players come in to training it's they can know that well actually i'm going to leave my phone down for two mm. hours i don't care what's happening on the outside world mm. i'm really happy to be here mm. I'm, I'm with lads or girls that i want to be with here it's it's friendly it's competitive i want to get better i want to make the team um, i want to win stuff but then you know, it's not the end of the world either, um, and I, I don't, I certainly don't have to go home and log in and do a poll and and, and no, you know how did yeah, I play? Yeah. No, there is performance apps out there, and yeah. there is wellness apps which are really really good, and it monitors you know how you're sleeping, how you're eating, and I think that's good because it's like a little diary. And okay, people don't write diaries mm-hmm. anymore, mm-hmm. but they'll certainly might do a, a diary on their phone. So um, look, there's different stages of it, um, and it's what works best for your team. And some teams need six o'clock in the morning training sessions and they nearly need army generals to get them going until they realize this is what they have to do to get there. And other guys just need a completely different report, you know, approach. And Mm -hmm. that's where the good coach comes in. He can spot Mm -hmm. what's needed on a particular day. And Mm -hmm. like, there's no easy answer to it, Mike. I mean, if there was, you know, we'd all keep doing the same thing every day and and then life would be boring as well. Like, you know, thank God, thank God for Joe Brawley in the GA. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's always interesting. I I just think that with coaches or managers, how, how, the only mechanism we have for judging how good they are is their is the win loss column, like mm. you know, which is probably the most inaccurate way you could ever judge somebody inside an address room or, or, or with a group of people. And we just don't really have a, another way to, to to judge them. Bar like you, you ask anybody who was with Billy Morgan in UCC, and and sure they they'd go through a wall for mm. the guy, you know, mm. whether they're from Kerry or Cork mm. or no Liverpool, made yeah. no difference. Yeah. The guy was just, you know, he had that that kind of intangible quality mm. that he was he was so good with mm. people. And mm. I and I just think from a coaching context uh, I, I think that's just something that's lost a little bit in all the in all the noise about drills and systems and games you know that that, that, that the whole idea of coaching is still getting more mm-hmm. sort of out of mm-hmm. people you know well like I mean what Billy Morgan has that a lot of people don't have in the country is experience mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe it's uh, something that maybe all management teams could uh, consider you know at the start of the year when they're setting out their their, their backroom teams whether it's club or intercounty maybe if I have someone in my backroom 
team that has a little bit of experience that's been around a long mm. time that okay he mightn't be up to date fully with the mm. top level strength and condition techniques out mm. there but he'll be able to talk to everyone in the dressing room mm. he'll be able to talk to every member of the management team and and he'll be able to kind of you know or she will be able to just say you know maybe you should try this this week or mm. you know this like that could be um, something and you know there is lots of people like we have Liam Salmon involved with us mm-hmm. um, Parik brought him in and like uh, Sammy like fantastic like brilliant goalie player coach like still like really really good like Parik and Parik and me are learning things off him mm-hmm. we don't know if the players are learning but we're certainly yeah. learning every day and it's just to have that experienced voice around he, he's not coming in taking over sessions he's just there you know and it's absolutely fantastic you know yeah, interesting. Um, I suppose we better wrap it up, but uh, you know, I want to wish Brian best of luck with the whole GA fixtures review committee that we're after putting them on. And, uh, yeah, no and thanks. You can you can listen obviously to the podcast every Monday on iTunes and SoundCloud at IrishExaminer.com podcast. And thanks again for the guys for coming in. No problem. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.